Welcome to Trauma-Informed Parenting, where you can find information about adoption, foster care, parenting a child with a capital letter syndrome, such as ADD, ADHD, FASD, SPD, on the spectrum, etc., and trauma-informed parenting, all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker, but more important than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos with trauma histories and capital letter syndromes. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Trauma-Informed Parenting, a Coffee Break Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to this episode of Trauma-Informed Parenting. Today, I'm going to talk about three tips to begin healing from trauma while parenting at the same time. Now, before I get into that topic and why I'm doing that topic, I want to just do a little reminder that the seven-day Advent Challenge Thriving Through Christmas is still open. It's all delivered via email. The holidays can feel overwhelming when you are raising kiddos with the trauma history and or capital letter syndrome. You may feel as if you just want to survive this season. But what if your family could thrive through the holidays this year? 25 Days of Thriving Through Christmas helps you do just that. This Advent devotional provides a practical tip a day along with biblical application and a weekly devotional. Join the 7-Day Advent Challenge, grab your free chapter, and then after you sign up, just keep your eye on your inbox for those emails, and those next steps. I'd love to have you join me. Okay, let's get into the topic. One of the questions I received from a podcast listener is, how do you change yourself? In other words, like, how do you heal from your past and parent at the same time? I get it. I have reparented myself, and I want you to know It is possible to heal from your past while parenting. Healing from your past trauma includes reparenting yourself. Sometimes we get this idea that it's just, you know, if you're going to a counselor or a therapist, which are good things, it is just that hour that you're sitting there that you are beginning to heal from your trauma and then you have to set that aside while you parent. And that's just not true. Um, And I didn't even realize that anybody was paying attention to the fact that I reparented myself until my eldest daughter told me that she was chatting with a friend who has a trauma history and she was encouraging her and she said, you know what, you can reparent yourself. My mom did it. So my daughter texts me and told me that and I was like, oh, okay, well, I didn't realize that you were paying attention to that. 
reparenting yourself. What does that mean? It means meeting the needs of your inner child and taking the sacred responsibility to be the parent you needed. This time you will listen to your own needs, validate your reality, reality and cultivate self-acceptance, self-compassion, and self-respect. That's from Healing Springs Well. I think that that is, a, is such a good definition. Right, let's go through the three tips now. Number one, this is a biggie, not an easy one. Examine your past. Did you have trauma in your past? Ask yourself, is my past dictating my present reaction? We have a set of beliefs that govern our actions. I remember when I came to the realization that everybody didn't believe and think like I did. Now, obviously, that was when I was very young. Because when you are growing up, you sometimes have the assumption that what is going on in your home is going on in everybody else's home. And that the way that you are parented is the way that everybody else is being parented. And what you believe is what everybody else believes. And then you come to that age in your life where you are talking to friends or you're uh, among extended family members and you start realizing everybody is not doing or thinking or believing the same way that I am. So now that we're adults, sometimes we get stuck in those old patterns and we go back to that, this is the way it's done. You know, if you had a parent that said that, you know, my way or the highway, or this is the way we do things, and I don't care what everybody else is doing, those sorts of things, we can, we can revert to those old patterns and our past trauma can trigger us and we react in ways we don't want to. Sometimes we react in ways that we do want to, but other times when we're talking about those belief systems that we need to change or reframe. So what does this look like? Often this results in feeling right and wrong simultaneously. Like, oh my gosh, this is the way things are done. This is the way we always did it. This is the way my parents did it. And then we feel wrong at the same time. There's some feeling in the pit of our stomach or in our chest. Our chest is tight and we're like, I, I don't feel right about my reactions. And like I said, we say to ourselves in those moments, we justify, this is the way my mom, my aunt, my grandma did it. So it must be right. I understand we can fall into the trap or belief that our trauma was normal. Like just a minute ago when I was talking about thinking that everyone is living, believing, reacting, responding, being parented exactly the same way that you are when you're a child, we normalized our trauma. It's just how it is. That's just the way our brains work. Um, I ran into a great grandma, grandma, yeah, I can talk today, in Sherwin-Williams who poured out her story to me. Her children had been addicted to drugs. 
they overdosed and died. She raised her grandkiddos, and then they did the same. They either died or some of them were in prison. Now she was raising her great-grandkiddos. She smiled as she told me her story and shrugged her stooped shoulders as if that's the way life works. It's just the way it is. I went to my car and cried. While we may not be in such overtly traumatic circumstances right now, we are all in danger of normalizing our trauma. Then we normalize our askew beliefs. Our beliefs are one of the five B's affected by trauma. And I love how Dr. Caroline Leaf explains the subconscious mind prompts from the non-conscious mind. There are those tip of the tongue, can't quite put your finger on it cues that evoke and trigger and feeling that something needs to be addressed. Something is trying to get our attention. Just like I said, we feel that wrong and right simultaneously. Something is trying to get our attention, like she says. This, and that quote is from Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, which I highly recommend. When our beliefs don't line up with the truth, we will feel it physically in our bodies. And besides the feeling right and wrong at the same time, it may look like anxiety, depression, headaches, anger, frustration, and other physical symptoms. A lot of immune system disorders are, are linked now to trauma. Whatever we believe will affect our bodies and our brain. Bessel van der Kolk, the author of The Body Keeps the Score, says when we are stuck in survival mode, we are focused on fighting off unseen enemies, which leaves no room for nurture, care, and love. And that is why we need to examine our past. We are not able to connect the way that we want to with our children if we are not taking the time to make sense of and peace with our past. And believe me, I am preaching to myself here. When I can't just say been there, done that, I can say been there, done that, am that. You know, still living there, still dealing with those triggers. And just remember, there are different types of trauma. There's acute trauma. This results from a single stressful or dangerous event or chronic trauma. This results from repeated and prolonged exposure to highly stressful events. Examples include cases of child abuse, bullying, or domestic violence. That's from medicalnewstoday.com. So we can, when we think about our trauma, you know, was that a house fire? Did we see someone get murdered? Or did we live in that chronic trauma that is repeated being raised by an alcoholic or a drug abuser or someone who struggled with anxiety and depression, medical issues or mental issues themselves. So that shapes us. So if you're not sure where to start, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so much. 
Why are you telling me to examine my past? I don't want to do that. I get it. I understand. I put it off for years. I would just bury it. And when I was triggered, I would just figure out some way to fake it or shut down myself. But what happened with me was I developed several immune system issues. So it really affected my health. So I'm saying if you want to stay healthy, and more importantly, stay healthy and connect with your children, this is something that you need to look into, examining your past. And you can do it while you're parenting your children. You don't need to go seclude yourself on a desert island or get a cabin in the woods and stay there for a year while you deal with these things. Because the truth is, as you help yourself, you are actually helping your children. Because like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I didn't realize my daughter was watching me reparent myself. So if you're not sure where to start, take the ACEs quiz. And I linked that in the show notes. So make sure that you read that and then you can read what it means and what it doesn't mean. Number two, this is extremely important. Now we're exam, we've, you know, we're digging into our past, we're digging up all this stuff. And the next thing that we need to do is set aside time to process. You can make sense of and peace with your past. This can be done through journaling prompts working with a therapist, joining a support group, or all of the above. The point is we must actively work on processing. It's a job. It's like your part-time job right now. You want to move forward? We have to take this time. I know that I will get to a point where I can tell I have not been journaling. And when I say journaling, that doesn't mean that you have to write out your whole life story from the beginning I was born and blah, 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 every single time you journal. No, you're going to work on specific things. You're going to use that time. Like I said, I I will feel kind of, I don't know, anxious, overwhelmed when I haven't journaled for a while. And I'll just pull out that journal and I will just free write. And sometimes I don't even know what's going to come out of my brain and into my hand and onto that paper. That's why we need to do that. There's a powerful thing about writing something down. The more we stuff the past, the more we will experience triggers and physical symptoms. So important. Let me say that again. The more we stuff the past, the more we will experience triggers and physical symptoms. And then, this is dangerous, we may begin to identify with our patterns birthed out of trauma as our identity. We say, oh, this is just the way I am. Just deal with it, you know? Our patterns are not us. They're not. The way we respond today is not necessarily us. 
but our past trauma. I feel like I need to repeat that too. The way that we respond today is not necessarily us, but our past trauma. Your past is not who you are. Write that down. Your past is not who you are. I've shared my travel trauma on the podcast more than once. When I was young, my parents divorced, and every summer I had to travel to see my dad, who always seemed to have moved to a new state. I was stuffed in the back of a car, whisked off to roads I had no experience with, sometimes driving for days with no one telling me where we were going. It was a small trauma, but added to all my other trauma, it affected me and reached into my adulthood. For several years, I told people, I can't ride in the back of a car and I can't fly on a plane. Okay, so one time I was traveling to a curriculum fair with a friend. It was a state away, about three hours away. And I wanted to drive so I could feel in control. And then my friend who was going with me didn't like to drive because that was a trigger for her. She was only comfortable with driving close to her home and on back roads, no interstate whatsoever. She couldn't handle that. So we were kind of a little collective chaotic mess together. So we decided to take this trip and we decided to both step out of our comfort zone and face our trauma our triggers. We each did the opposite of what our past was dictating and we did it. She drove and I sat in the passenger seat and we had a blast. Okay, so like I said, I've shared a lot of my traumas about traveling and do I still get triggered? Yes, I do. Not as often, but I don't let it dictate whether I will travel or not. I've done countless journaling, counseling, and lots of introspection about my traveling trauma. Now I have built-in coping mechanisms, including prayers, thoughts, and physical things to do while traveling. So you can do it too. Are we ever going to come to the point of perfection? No. Are we ever going to come to the point of that never bothers me? No. Are we going to come to the point of it doesn't bother me that much? Yes. Are we going to come to the point that we can actually live a happy life with these triggers? Yes. Number three, give yourself the grace and mercy you wish you had in your childhood. First of all, let me make this clear. This podcast doesn't assume that you can heal and reparent yourself in one day, one week, or even one year. But every moment that you work on healing is moving you forward. Keep in mind, you are a human. I am a human. We have to give ourselves the grace and mercy we need in the moment. We are going to mess up. We are going to blow it. It's going to happen. I've shared my travel trauma and how it interfered with my life, but I had other traumas. 
being raised by an alcoholic, I still struggle with being around anger, raised voices, and disagreements. So listen to this quote. If their parent is frightened or remembering trauma, children will respond with the mixed strategies of freezing, avoidance, and disorientation and anger when they are around the parent. They will not want to connect with their parent's state of mind. It is too overwhelming to feel the parent's feelings. That's from Nurturing Adoptions. Yes, it is so overwhelming to carry the burden of your parent's feelings, especially when we carry them into adulthood and then we expect our kiddos to carry them. Well, you know moms like this. You know that gets on my nerves. You know, oh my goodness, the list is endless. So when I'm triggered, I react in fear or shut down, especially earlier in my parenting. And one of the things that I would do, unfortunately, is I would run outside of the house not like run away. So while I was working through my past trauma, it didn't take a break or leave me alone. I was still triggered. So even if you begin to work on your past trauma today, it doesn't mean it's going to take a break. So we need to give ourselves grace when we're triggered and we fly off the handle or run out the back door and into the woods. I learned how to apologize and say, I was wrong, please forgive me. Oh my goodness, you guys, that is so powerful for connecting with our kiddos. It needs to be done and you will be amazed at how powerful that is. Think about this. Didn't you want that as a child? Or maybe you got that. Maybe people apologize to you. But it is very powerful. Another practice I instituted because it hadn't been done for me, I began to share in detail what was happening next, including where we were going, how long it would take to get there. I also invested in a whiteboard and wrote the day's schedule on it. This not only helped my children, but it helped me feel more in control as if the day weren't directing me, but I was organizing it. Of course, writing it down didn't mean it worked out perfectly, but that's where grace comes in and flexibility. Plus, having a schedule provides felt safety for the kiddos and for us, just knowing what's happening next is a powerful tool that we can share with our children and we can use for ourselves. I've talked to a lot of my, my friends who had trauma, have trauma histories themselves. And that is one of the things that we struggle with the most is feeling as if we have some control feeling as if we can manage the day instead of the day managing us. So doing that is really important. So let me conclude with this. 
It is possible to reparent yourself and heal all while parenting at the same time. Just know it's not going to happen overnight or magically. You actually have to put the time and work into journaling your triggers, reframing your beliefs, and instituting practices that provide felt safety for yourself. Now, if you missed that episode, I did two podcasts, one, three tips for felt safety for your kiddos, and then I did a second one for the parents, providing felt safety for yourself, three tips on that. So if you missed those and you are working through your past trauma and you want to parent and heal at the same time, I highly suggest you go back and listen to those. Set aside time to process. You can make sense of and peace with your past. Examine your past beliefs and ask yourself, is this true? Is this true right now? And remember, the way that we respond today is not necessarily us or our identity, but our past trauma. And most importantly, give yourself the grace and mercy you wish you'd had in your childhood. So that's all for today. And I just wanted to follow up real quick and say, you know what, Kathleen, why are you talking about trauma and healing from trauma when it is November and we're supposed to be celebrating the holidays and spending time with family and doing all these things that we don't get to do during the rest of the year and being festive. You know why? It's because during those times that we're triggered more. People suffer more from depression during this time of year than any other time. And that's why we're triggered. Our trauma is triggered and you may be going to some sort of celebration at a relative's house and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have such a good time. And then maybe the smell of the the pie baking or carols being sung or something triggers you and it sets you back and you regress. That's why I'm talking about this this month. And that's why I'm going to continue with next week starting on the basics of attachment. And it applies not only to our kiddos, but also to us. So thank you you for joining me today on Trauma-Informed Parenting. Make sure you sign up for the seven-day Advent Challenge and also get your freebie on TraumaInformedParenting.com. And just, just a heads up, this is kind of my process. You know, I always mention the show notes. And my process is I write an article about something one of you, one of my listeners, or one of my email subscribers asks me about. And then I record a podcast or a series of podcasts about the, that same thing. So there's always an article and a podcast. So when I say show notes, go ahead and find the article on the the exact same words, the topic that I talked about. I will see you next week. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Trauma-Informed Parenting. Make sure you subscribe on TraumaInformedParenting.com to receive a free resource and receive a newsletter plus updates when books or new courses are released. Also, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, or Spotify and leave a review so other listeners can find trauma-informed parenting and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send me an email to contact at trauma-informed parenting.com.